This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I'm Arzu. And I'm Candace. And I'm Hope. And today, in our last episode of the year, we are talking about the 1986 animated series Droids, which I forced both of them to watch. Ooh. Wow. It was great. <laughs> okay. Hope can stay. I, Candace has to go. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, go. I'm fine going. No, don't go. Don't go. Stay. So this series was the sister series to Ewoks, which we covered earlier this year. No, Ewoks was good. I still haven't seen it yet, but I did just recently watch the live-action Ewoks movies, and those were great. The Ewoks is very endearing. It it's very endearing. Like I'll get into why I think it's more endearing than maybe this was. So, Droids follows C three PO and R two D two at some indeterminate point in canon, although it was later said to be a few years after Revenge of the Sith, after they got separated from Captain Antilles and are going on adventures throughout the galaxy. So the series lasted one season. It was broken up into three arcs and we are going to talk about those arcs today. So before we jump in, we already kind of heard your impressions, but Candice, what did you think about the show overall? Go boo again. Wow, Bucky's like Bucky didn't like it. it. Bucky watched it. Wow. I don't know if he liked it. Because I wasn't 100% paying attention to it because I have a lot of things to do. We're in a very busy time of year, the time of recording. Um, I did like it more than the Ewoks. Really? Yeah. I like the Ewoks better. I guess we can get into that. Ewoks annoyed me a little bit. This annoyed me a little bit less. Some of the voices were a bit grating, but okay. I really like the animation. It's very retro and interesting. I don't know how to explain it. I like that it kind of had that same rubbery quality that they had in the holiday special. Yeah. I mean, I know it's the same studio. It's Nelvana again, but. It's very 80s. It's very of the time. And I appreciate it for that. Hope, how about you? Um, I I have kind of like two thoughts on this and they're kind of opposite thoughts. Um, I did struggle getting into this one a little bit, but that's just because 80s animation in general is just not my cup of tea. It's not my favorite time period of animation. But that said, like, I absolutely understand, like, why it's a very important time period. And this show falls right into that. And this is an incredibly ambitious show. This is, like, talking from, like, an animation standpoint. Because um, when it comes to the 80s, that was a very transitional period. Because if you think about, like, 70s animation, like, think Scooby-Doo, where it's, like, the same formula over and over again, using the same animation over and over again. And then think of, like, 90s animation with, like, gargoyles and like all those shows and stuff like that the 80s was that transition to where you can see it going from that very episodic formulaic shows to these like really story-driven character-driven shows and this falls right into that like that kind of that balance of it's starting to move in that direction but it still has some of those like older trappings but i i I enjoyed it for what it is even though it's not my favorite kind of animation um and it's it's Novana, man. Like Novana's <laughs> so great, and this screams their studio. This is very them. Yeah, it feels like Novana being a Canadian company, and a lot of the animation I watched as a kid just happened to be produced by Novana because they want to show a lot of Canadian content on TV here. So all of it felt very cozy to me. Um, I will say, like the reason I did prefer Ewoks was because it's less serialized and it's more 
episodic. So it made it easy. It was like more bite-sized, whereas this felt like three movies back-to-back almost. Which That's, is cool in its own way. Yeah, it, it actually, because I, I was actually expecting it to be very episodic and just kind mm-hmm. of adventure of the week. So like when we kept going with the characters and then we hit episode four and I'm like, oh, they're leaving. We're getting new characters. I was like, wow, like that's that's a very ambitious thing to do to just be like, buy other characters and we'll never see you again. And and yeah. and this time period, like that's that's a very, I don't want to say ballsy because other shows were starting to do that during this time period, but that's that was very very good. I like I like that choice because then I was like, oh, who are we gonna meet this time? Kaimo Ren, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into him, but I feel like it is a little That's ballsy just when you. Well, no, not with this one. I, this is an audio medium, and no one can see that. I almost spat my drink out when Kev kissed that. <laughs> Ooh, what were we saying? <laughs> I don't know. Something about episode. Uh, serial, oh, just that, yeah, episode. that droids was like you know being on at the same time as Ewoks, and them choosing to do the serialized format, and then being like. We're never going to see these people again. Moving on, whereas Ewoks always resets to zero at the at the end of every episode. It is always the same conflict and the same villain, except for that one wild episode where they go like find the Empire on their ship. Otherwise, it all stays fairly the same. So, so yeah. So with that, why don't we just dive into the arcs? So the first arc is the battle against Size from. And this is where R2 and 3PO end up in the possession of, I will say this properly, Thal Jobin and George Dusat, who are racers. And what is her name? Kia. This young woman named Kia, who rescues them from the gangsters in the area and just kind of falls in with their crew. And one thing I want to say before we move on, I knew this was Nelvana. I know Nelvana's Canadian. But the minute Thal and George started talking, I went, oh, these boys are Canadian. <laughs> you ever want to know if you've heard me talk about my Canadian accent and you can't really hear it here, maybe you can because I was just watching a bunch of Canadians talk. If you ever want to know what I mean by a Canadian accent, go watch the first four episodes of Droids and listen to Thal and George talk because that's what I mean. So... So, yes, that was my little Canadian accent soapbox. But so thoughts on the first arc? The, I think this was the one where I was kind of struggling to get into it. But I really found, like, when, when it showed that, like, Kia and her mom were in the Rebels, I was like, oh, this became so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that was one thing I did want to say about the show as a whole. All the women in the show are super capable. Like, Jess is my girlfriend now. I love her. And, but, like, all the women from, like, the princess to, like, Jess to Kia, um, and I can't remember, none of their names have stuck to my brain. But, like, all the women in this are, like, super strong, capable women. And they, other than, like, a couple times here and there, most of them don't need to be saved. And, like, the princess in the second arc was just like, I don't need to wait for them. I'm going to buzz out of this myself. And I was like, you go, girl. More women named in this 12, 13 episodes than the OG and prequel trilogies combined. Really? Like on named it. on screen, you mean? Named on screen, yeah. Yeah, like it's Padme's it, handmaidens alone, at least <laughs> covers all bases. I think but. Sabi is like the only handmaiden that gets actually name checked. Well, no, she doesn't get name checked on screen. Too. Oh um, yeah, maybe Dor- Dorme and Corday do in Attack of the Clones, but even Sabe is just it's off off screen on the page. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm, well, there you little, go. I'm being a little petty about that, but um, 
Did y'all get any Ray vibes from Kia with like the the way she was? Yes. Close My scavenger girl. <laughs> My scavenger. I kept wanting to call her a scavenger. I'm like, I don't know if she's actually a scavenger or if I'm just reading Ray into this. But no, 100%. And then the, the Kia slash Ray's early name being Kira was not lost on me. So, so I, I appreciated that. I just can't unsee um, the orange hair mohawk guy um, looks almost exactly like Omar from Rock and Rule, which is a Nelvana movie. Not for kids. Do not watch that with your kids because it has sex, drugs, and rock and roll in it, literally. Um, and like it, I just couldn't. I that's why I keep wanting to call him Omar because he looks like Omar without the mouse face. And I just that's a fun, trippy movie. And the Imperial guy looks like Mock. I was waiting for him to like break out singing like I am Mock. I feel like this would have held my attention a little better if it was a musical. Mm-hmm. Even if it was 13 episodes, 14 episodes of a musical. Well, if you want that, go watch Ghost of Molly McGee. <laughs> Where every episode's a musical. <laughs> there we go. Maybe I will. No, but I, I did like this first arc. Um it's hard for me to tell like which was my favorites because I liked I liked and disliked bits of every single arc. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think once I realized that it was going to be an ongoing story and that it was arc, that like, it held my attention a little bit more because I think at first I was like, I don't need to like, everything's going to reset to zero every episode. I don't need to really pay attention. I was like, oh, they're building story here. Oh, let me actually pay attention now. <laughs> I liked the, um, there was a little reference, this big speeder race that it's all building to is on Boonta or in Boonta. Was it a city or a planet? I couldn't remember. But I'm like, okay, so we're like, you can see, not just in this arc, like all throughout, you can see these little traces that are like leading back to like later stories. Like, I think it's the second arc where um, R2 and 3PO get jobs very temporarily. As and they're in the Dex Diner. And yeah, and it was basically, the guy behind the counter was basically like a proto Dex. And I was like, this is super cool. Like you can see which yeah. bits of this George Lucas liked and decided to pull forward into the prequel. I, I had that note too because like in the final arc they had the the triangle thing I was like that's a Sith holocron right there yeah um I and I, and I thought that was really cool and, and that was like pretty much like my other big note for the entire series was it was really cool to see how these ideas got on like in the second arc the final episode like they had like the bird people helping them and I just, mm -hmm. just sat back and I was like those are gazos those are gazos from resistance right there like they are the as like they just need to be white and then and be dumb, white and dumb, and they're Gaza. So. <laughs> I guess that's a nice thing about having something that is this put together, but isn't quote unquote canon. You can just pull the bits you like from it. Yeah, and make it work. I can't believe it took us this long to bring it up for the first arc, but guess who's here? It's Boba <laughs> Fett <laughs> being hecka dramatic. So dramatic like he's talking to this king and prince and the prince is like who is that because he's shrouded in darkness and a shadow and then he like steps forward so dramatically like the beast and beauty and the beast you know going come mm. to the light kind of thing and just like he's like here i am i'm both it you know like he was waiting for his moment okay but do you know what makes this better if you go with their logic that um that this is set like four years after Revenge of the Sith, then this is Boba Fett, but he's like early 18 20s. years old. Yeah, he's like at most, mm -hmm. which makes it so much funnier that he's already this dramatic. I like that he's still in his holidays. Look at the kid in Clone Wars. Like that kid is dramatic as AF already. 
I do appreciate because this came out after Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. um, that they kept his uh, holiday special armor and didn't give him his Return of the Jedi armor. And I thought that was a nice little touch because Novana was like, no, we designed that. We're not doing that. That's dumb. This is our design. Also, like, I guess timeline wise, that would be the armor that he had. I don't actually know when in the timeline the holiday special is supposed to be set but you know what good for you nelvana yeah, don't cave to that's, yeah, that. yeah that's when well luke skywalker is in the rebellion by then so it has to be after a new hope so but it's just yeah. a new hope it's not after you know what this is me getting caught up on canon again i did make a i was trying to convince chelsea that visions could be worked into canon so this is just this is me and i mean I, i'm doing that anyway with my own stuff so <laughs> visions can very easily be worked into canon it's all canon it's all good it's a big galaxy I am, I'm a firm believer that the twins is the soap opera that they watch on TV because yeah. it, it, it is so melodramatic and it's like an off kilter version of like Luke and Leia. And it was like somebody that was just like, we're going to make a movie about you. And Leia was like, for hell no. <laughs> and, and they were like, okay, so we'll just change the names and make it based on your life. And then they made the twins and put it on a, like a soap opera show. They just watch and laugh. That's yeah. That's that's how I put the twins into the canon. It's a soap opera. So this arc then ends with the race. They win the race, and then the little human crew gets offered a job, and they're ready to take it with this like racing syndicate. I guess they want to go on the racing circuit, and they're totally ready to take it. Until they realize that the droids would have to be reprogrammed. And they're like, that's fine. We're not going to take it. And the droids just bounce. They take the escape pod out of this barely put together ship. And they just take off. It was so sad. And and actually, that was like the first big shocking thing for me. Because I was not expecting them to be like, oh, we're not seeing these people again. And like, that's when it really started clicking. Like the show of like, oh, these are arcs. And it's going to be changing constantly. And I think that was like probably one of the most engaging parts of it. Was just like, oh, Who's coming in now? Where are we going? Like, not knowing where the show was going kept me hooked into it. I did think it was funny that, you know, this arc ends on, like, 3PO being like, you know what? Like, at least I have one thing. A good friend. And, like, it, like whatever. Like, you know, that kind of 80s moral. But then I realized that every arc ends like that. With, with the last nothing- statement being something about the power of friendship. And I'm like, you really want to cement these two are best friends best i'm like no they are a couple like this is best like the gayest friend. listen this is the gayest how many people, like, in their wedding vows, been. How many people in their wedding vows say i married my best friend okay like yeah yeah oh yeah these two are absolutely I, i'm waiting for like chase from like that gay jedi to do a whole thing on this because they are so gay in this <laughs> i loved it i loved it here i'm i'm here for this couple r2 and 3po yeah yeah so they move on to they move on to the second arc. That's not what happens. They move on to their next, to their next masters in an arc called the Pirates and the Prince, which I had some issues with. Um, it doesn't age very well. <laughs> I get nervous when North American animation starts throwing the word Vizier around, and I was right to be nervous when the dude with the overly thick eyebrows and the turban showed up. So the basic yeah. gist of this is they. So they end up in the possession of Jantosh, this Prince Eric looking type, and they find this being who does not appear to be in possession of his full faculties. And they're like, well, that's okay. We're going to help him anyway. And another person who vaguely resembles this being goes to see the local 
crime boss in search of someone before IG-88, another callback to the OT, can find him. Um, IG-88 does not find him in time. This other person finds him instead. And we learned that this being not in possession of his full faculties is Mon Julpa, who is the prince of... A planet. <laughs> I wrote down Tamazan. He's the prince of Tamazan. You did more than I did. <laughs> I wrote, no, I made notes because I'm like, I'm not going to remember this. So he gets his memory back. And they're like, awesome. We have to take him home. Where this evil vizier is trying to... Who stole his... Not stole his memory. Who wiped his memory is now trying to steal his throne. And I'm like... So the vizier's name is uh, Zatek Cha. And my notes just say Zatek Cha is um, racist. Did not age well. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. This are like the first two episodes were probably my least favorite of the entire series. The first and episode of this arc? Of this arc. Um, and then the second two episodes were some of my favorites. Um, so like this this arc was very up and down for me because like the everything's very cringy and like like 80s we're trying to be inclusive but also we're using words like savage and stuff and i'm like oh it was not great but this one also has finally got to experience the um thing that candace has been torturing me with for the better part of a year and that is kaibo not kylo kaibo ren Mm -hmm. who is also making a play for the throne who does not look a damn thing like Kylo Ren. And I'm going to I'm gonna put the, up a tweet. The closest thing is they both wear black. That's about as close as we get. <laughs> and that they're male. That's it. And that they're male. They have dark hair. They both have dark hair. Male with dark hair. And that's it. And I, I'm inclined to believe that somebody writing, creating this character of Kylo Ren thought this would be funny. And that's where it came from. And nothing else. Or alternatively, because this actually happened in a galaxy far, far away, that Kylo Ren heard this story and went, you know what would be funny? And picked his name. <laughs> or I guess the Knights of Ren picked their name based on this guy. And Kylo's like, you know, make it extra funny if I changed one of the letters. Or maybe like R2-D2 is like playing a prank on Ben Solo. Oh, <laughs> You're like, you know what would be a really good name if you want to go to the dark side? <laughs> Kylo Ren. And like Kylo's like, I kind of like it. I mean, just change it a little bit. Yeah, just, ben, he wants to make it less obvious. You find out that like Ben is not the best. He he just spells it wrong because he mishears R two because R two like I don't know was like drunk on droid beer or something. He's like, oh Kylo, okay. So what did you guys think of Kylo Ren? Like, how would you describe him? Um, an eighty mustache twirling villain. Yeah, he doesn't have much nuance <laughs> he gives a lot of compliments for a villain though he's like oh you're very brave yeah, did everything with Jess- the jessica stuff i was like you know what at least you're seeing that she's strong and capable because jessica is amazing like she carried this art for me by far i loved jessica this- from beginning to end but out of all of them kaiba was probably my least favorite of the villains because like you understood like the people from the first arc, like Tiggy and all of them. Like, I thought Tiggy was actually a super sympathetic character of just like, I just want to improve, like, impress my dad, but I want to do it in my own way and not fall into like these trappings that I was raised with. So I actually really liked Tiggy. And then at the, like, in the final arc, um, 
everything with the empire going on like that was all very interesting because we hadn't really had much of the empire and the stuff so like mm-hmm. kaibo was just kind of like felt like the we need a comedic 80s villain and put a a weird like put a put a like a in a twirl a mustache to twirl there yeah i i agree i think it like the name part of it was funny but i think that was the extent of the novelty mm-hmm. what do you think candace yes i don't know i just can't get over the name all right <laughs> let's move on then I, I, can, I, actually, oh, no, I, I do i do want to say i do want to say um I really liked the princess in this arc and how they never came out right and said it, but like her and like the prince that they say that got his memory back and became the king and stuff like that. Like you could see their romance blossoming. Um, I really liked her in that relationship. And the whole time I was like sitting there, I was like, God, she sounds so familiar. How, why, like, why does she sound so familiar? And I finally looked it up and it's Cree Summers. And I'm like, that's Susie from Rugrats. Like that, uh, and she's in everything. She's Penny from Inspector Gadget. She's She's in in, Ewoks too. And she's in Voltron. And like, she's done a a lot of other Star Wars work as well. And so like, it was really cool to see like, kind of like this early version of like her and like this, because this is one of her earlier works. And like, now she's in all these other things, but I liked the princess. I wish we got to stick with her more because mm-hmm. she was kick-ass. She like was saved herself and she showed up and they were like, oh, we can't rescue. And she was like, why? I'm here. <laughs> why? It happened with like Jess too. I know. I know. Like I, I remember the princess and Jess, but I don't remember like Jan or whatever. I can't even remember anything that Jan actually did in this entire arc other than just stand there and be like, Lost all the buttons friends. to his shirt. Yeah, yeah, I just remember just, the costumes. Yeah, he damn, didn't like, have his buttons. Yeah, the colors were choices. People made choices with their colors of costumes and the cuts too. Mm-hmm. I will it, say, and hair too, because Hope brought it up. Each of these arcs has a romance that you know doesn't end in tragedy. No Wait, wonder the they made this not a- canon. There were like hints about yeah. Kia and one of them, or whatever his name Thrawn. is. I didn't see Broad, that way, that's not his name. She does kiss him at one point, and oh, she's just like, oh, "Good yeah, job." Yeah. Or something. No, but, but it's and like then, there's a hint there, and nobody died, so that's like about seventy five percent more than we get from anything else. Well, I that's mean, because R two and C three PO left. They're the brothers right. of doom. They took the tragedy <laughs> with them. Yes, exactly. I actually have a note that says these droids are matchmakers. <laughs> That was my last note that I had because every arc had some kind of romance in it. Um, nah, and I the fourth episode almost lost me in this arc because the kid went from like being this like really cool kid in like episode three to being this like little snot nosed brat. Yeah, yeah, but at least he learned and he grew like he grew very quickly and like moved past that. And I was like, you had more growth than a lot of characters have in an entire arc. So I'll give that to you. And I just, I really liked the fuzzums because they look like Gazos. And after Twilight's Gazos are my second favorite Star Wars species. And I love them because they're endearingly dumb and I love them. Right. I love my Gazos. So on to the third arc then. The Stellan Geos arc. The Stellan Geos arc. Yes. <laughs> So I will admit that uh, a lot of the plot passed me by because the minute their new master shows up, Mungo Baobab, I was like, whoa, this is a proto-Stellan Geos, and my brain shut down. 
I, I actually had that thought when I was watching it last night. I, I saw the moment I saw Monday, I was like, ah, oh, this is Arzu's favorite arc. <laughs> it is my favorite arc. <laughs> so yet another arc with okay, so I had I was having a wild time with this arc because um because they're on the, like they're looking for rune stones on the world of rune spelled r-o-o-n and i was texting the two of you before this that the word rune in persian means thigh so i thought that was really funny and that just sustained me throughout this but so basically this is the arc then where they come into contact directly with the empire and it kind of more firmly sets us in some sort of time period so i know this was my favorite arc for very shallow reasons but what did the two of you think okay um, you go first for me uh yeah no it was it was fine. I was feeling kind of bad for the droids by then. Like, they kept having to say bye to their friend. I mean, for me, I think Mondo is the most interesting of all their masters. Um, because he has a character flaw. He's kind of greedy. And he has to learn and, like, work through that. And he's constantly just being like, alright, we could get to safety. Oh my god, there's money. Let's go. I gotta <laughs> save my family legacy and everything. Like, and, and I thought it was interesting that he actually had this flaw that he, it took him about four episodes to overcome. And he was, <laughs> I, I was with, with Arzu. I was like, this is like, if Stellan was a normal person, like, this is what he'd be doing. <laughs> I, I had that moment too. And I was just like, Stellan with a ponytail, let's go. Um, Stellan no, would be out in the outer rim, romancing the hotties. You know, I mean, what? That's not what happened. Yeah. No, I liked but, it. I liked that it was a definitive romance. We, yeah. Like, I don't mean to sound like a six-year-old, but with, like, kissing and stuff. <laughs> and nobody <laughs> they, died. They held hands. Whoa. I just love his name is Mungo, and he's from Manda. Like, okay, I kept thinking they were saying Mando, and I'm like... Yeah, same. I'm like, why is nobody making a bigger deal out of this? And then I looked at the subtitles, and that's not what they were saying. But I definitely, for a minute there, was going, is he a Mandalorian? <laughs> No, but to me, this was the most interesting of the arc because finally having the Empire added like this whole other level to it because I thought we would actually be getting more of the Empire in the first arc because they were like, hey, we're rebels. And I was like, cool, where's the Empire? And they're like, no, we're just going to be fighting like Tiggy and his family. And I'm like, well, okay, cool, whatever. Um, but having the Empire here was a completely different threat because it also added to the story that they have their drama going back and forth between them and like the pirate guy. And the whole time, I'm just like, this pirate guy is so dumb. Because he is just openly just being like, yeah, Admiral Mock, I'm not going to give you anything. And Admiral Mock's like, oh, it's going to be your grave. And they actually killed the guy at the end. Like, showed him die and, like, wicked witch away into nothingness and leaving his clothes behind. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was not expecting Like, this was my favorite arc. I, I It had, like, the most going on for me. Um... And had a lot of lore to it. I like the lore of the runestones and like how to get there following the rainbow comet through the the, the asteroid field. Like they were, there was a lot in this one and it was very ambitious again. Like I'm very impressed with the animation at times because there's one shot. Mine it might be this arc, it might be the Dex Diner's arc, but it's the shot of the sky and like people and it pulls back and it's a stormtrooper helmet. It's the the eyes of a stormtrooper helmet. And that's a very ambitious shot of animation. And it's not done for story. It's just done for aesthetic. And that's that's the cool thing I like about this is that there are just shots that they didn't have to do. And they did it anyway just because it's it's real for cool. It's, it's a really cool looking thing. And I, I really liked a lot of the stuff in this one. 
So if you liked it, um, and Candace, if you liked this arc as well, um, neither of you made it to the hour-long special, but I would recommend you watch it because it is related to this arc. So on Disney+, Plus, the hour-long special for this will be the only thing you'll find under season two, but it technically comes before the start of this arc because this is how they meet Mungo. And okay, it that was weird. Like, they it, didn't yeah. show that. I thought, I'm like, okay, progress. We're not showing them meeting everybody. We're just going to assume that they do. And then, you know, you see Mungo in the arc. And at the end at the end of the arc, he says, you know, he, he tells, I, I've looked up her name three times. And I keep forgetting what it is. He tells Oren, like, you know, I'm going to go do my thing. But I promise I'll be back. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take the promise of potential over somebody, like, I don't know, dying. So I'm like, cool. So he's going to go do his thing. And then you see him on this world doing good. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're following Mungo for one more episode. And then 3PO shows up and their interactions are a little weird. And then 3PO mentions R2-D2 to him. And Mungo's like, who's that? And he's like, oh, my associate. I'm like, what? And then it clicked for me that this is how they met him in the first place. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is like the prequel to this, which means then I can be less angry at the end of the episode when you see Mungo like holding hands with another woman. That makes so much more sense because I was watching this on a, like, Sony had put the entire series together in like a five hour, five and a half hour video on YouTube, which mm -hmm. I'm always thankful for because, dear God, Disney Plus, please give us a way to watch stuff at like 1.5 speed because it makes things go so much faster when you have to prepare for podcasts. Right. Um, so I was just like, so right in the middle after the second arc, like it had the hour long special in the right order. And I was very confused. I was like, this is not the next episode. So I had skipped ahead and that's when I got to the rest of it at the end. So like that makes so much more sense hearing that. And I do want to watch it. I just, I had just, I ran out of time. I finished watching the show maybe had a half hour before we started recording. So I, I do plan to watch the hour long special because I, I have enjoyed the ride so far and I want to finish it. Yeah, I might as well. So, yeah. so yes, that was the, that was the hour long special. Um, one thing I wanted to mention that, I thought was hysterical was right before um, R2 and 3PO got their job at the diner. Um, 3PO was referring to a little card and saying that, yes, this is the place mentioned by the agency. So I like that the idea that they are so lost in the galaxy, they're applying to some kind of employment agency <laughs> to help them find gigs. I'm like, that is such a real world thing that we don't see a lot of in star Wars, like these kinds of very grounded real life type things. So that was like a little thing I appreciated. I thought that was funny. That just reminded me of in the, I, I don't, it's it's either the first or the second arc. They crash, oh, it's the first arc. Um, and there's an old droid with a little cane. And it reminded me of the old droid in Star Wars Visions in The Ninth Jedi, where she has to get the old droid to like fly her to the moon. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just one of those other things. I'm like, I'm wondering if they pulled from, from this show for that. Because, because. Because they even call and they're like, hey, old droid. And I was like, old droid? Is he drinking oil from a teacup? <laughs> like, um, And it's just like the little things I really loved. Like seeing a lot of the early designs of aliens, like like the Dex's Diner scene. I, was, I, I can't remember. Um, Basilisk, there we go. Yeah. Like, that, like an early Basilisk right there. And I think that's just such a cool thing. And seeing like the fuzzums, like I've already said, um, it's just, it's just why one of my favorite things about this. And I think that's where a lot of the joy of these early, earlier stories come from. It's like seeing those early ideas and what they become. I really liked R2 dancing. 
Yeah, with a little like wiggle thing where his head would shift off his body. Yeah, it was was cute. That was a cool thing too because I was reading a little bit about this and um, Gindy uh, Gindy Tartakovsky um, took inspiration from the show too because C-3PO's eyes were so expressive, which Mm -hmm. is why he animated C-3PO the way he did in his Clone Wars series in the 2003 one. The why he made him sexy? And no, but honestly, the- <laughs> like, C-3PO stripping in that needlessly sexy way in front of Anakin was very reminiscent of the way C-3PO kept popping his booty in this show. I'm like, damn, okay. He like, moves a- in ways that he does not. No, yeah. In either trilogy. There was one moment where he, he like... Climb. Sorry. There's he one climb. moment where he jumps on like R2 and he's like, go R2, go! And in the very next shot, like he's running faster than R2. And I'm like, why? Oh. Why are you running? R2 wasn't going fast enough. I guess not. I I don't know if either of you noticed this, but did you notice in each arc there was a, like, they needed a human, humanoid type older man just to, like, fill some sort of role. And they always looked like a, like, old-timey prospector. Did you notice Are they supposed to be the Ben, like, the Ben's, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's, the Ben Kenobi's? Barely, because they're not even that in it. But I, I kept a, a couple of them looked so similar. I kept waiting for three PO to recognize them, Be like, and then he didn't, us? and they just went about their business. I'm like, I guess it's a different old timey prospector. Yeah. Okay, Arzu, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You have made it known your feelings about C three PO. Yes. How did you feel about him in this series? I don't like him any more than I did before. I don't. I, I find C3PO. Your feelings haven't changed? Mm, I don't know. I think if, if we had more of this energy around other characters, like, long term, I'd probably like him better. So you also don't like C-3PO? I, he annoys me, and I don't know why. Yay, me too! I get that Thank a lot you. of people like C-3PO. I feel like I'm probably a lot like C-3PO, and it's like looking in a mirror, and I don't like it, but there, there's something about him I like, can't I relate a lot to him. Like, when I forget which one of his owners said, like, C-3PO goes, I have a bad feeling about this. And the owner goes, like, you have a bad feeling about everything. I'm like, that's me! <laughs> my <laughs> 3PO has anxiety! Well, my, my thing with, uh, with 3PO is 3PO works like fudge. Like, you only need a few bites of it, but if you have too much of it, it makes you sick. And I feel like sometimes they use 3PO, and, and not in this case because it's his show, so I don't mind it here. But in something like um, like Attack of the Clones, like during the whole like final scene, like that is eating way too much 3PO fudge because it's just like okay, we're still doing the da da da. But I, I think something like in a new a new hope, like that's the perfect amount. Like he's there mm-hmm. to move the story and for his little one liners. But I, I think 3PO is is like fudge you you only need a little bit to get them across but too much will make you really sick i think i think my problem is c-3po works best as like a like a plot device like he moves the plot forward you get what you need from him and then you move on to your other characters and i think where i soured on him was when it felt like a lot of episode nine was about like c-3po's legacy and like wrapping up c-3po and i'm like i get that anthony daniels has been here since the beginning but None of this was ever C-3PO's story. And I think it just, I started to resent him because of that. And now <laughs> everything he does is stupid. Like Mine, was the, 
Mine was the malevolence arc of Clone Wars, where I'm just like, why are we having slapstick bits when there's so much other more interesting things going on? Like, do we really need slapstick here with 3PO being flung around trains and being stuck to the front of them? We all know that R2-D2 is the real hero of Star Wars. R2-D2 clearly loves C-3PO, but, like, R2-D2 can do better. I love how they (laughs) argue like a married couple. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. They're like, like, he... he, uh, R2-D2, like, blew a raspberry at him. And I was like, you were cursing at him, weren't you, R2? It's just made friendly for a a kid audience. I mean, there's a couple times where 3PO is like, language! Everyone's language here! And it's just like, doors beeping at each other. Yeah. Calm down, C-3PO. What a Puritan. Anyway, any final thoughts on droids? Oh, it was cute. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the hour long. I, I do want to finish it up because um, even though this is like not my jam of animation, um, there's a lot here that I do really enjoy. I, I really liked a lot of the characters and seeing a lot of the early ideas of that, that become bigger ideas later in Star Wars. And I, I think this is fun. This is a fun little story. Um, and, you know, it's not harmless. I mean, not harmless. It's not harmful. It's like, you know, it's not going to be like making us cry in our our nights of being like everyone's dead and everything sucks like this isn't like you know rising it's storm not a or pull anything. a blanket over your head show and sub yeah yeah there's yeah. no rising storm so like this is just a fun thing that i think that kids could really get into as well and if you want to see some really ambitious 80s animation because I, I was looking up some of the other shows that came out during this year and so it's like shira and like gi joe and the care bears show and like um you know, Shira and G.I.J.O. did a lot of stuff, but they were still kind of in those 70s trappings where they were just churning out stuff to make toys. And like, I yeah, mean, this was this made was to make toys. Yeah, yeah, like, this was, was made to make toys too. But it's also trying to push some like very ambitious ideas um, and some very ambitious animation. Like there's one point where C-3PO is just floating in like a chamber with no gravity and he's like flipping backwards. And I'm like, someone had to draw that frame by frame just for a joke. That is so ambitious. And so there's a lot of stuff that's like kind of really cool and a little ahead of its time. Like it's it's dated to us now, but this was like very ahead of its time. I agree. I would just like to say a um a Boba Fett figure um from the show sold for ninety two thousand dollars at an auction. Wait, what was that number? Ninety-two thousand dollars. Ninety, like nine zero. Nine two zero zero zero. Oh my god! Which is coincidentally probably how much money I'm going to spend on Boba Fett stuff when the book of Boba Fett comes out. I'm kidding. I don't have that kind of money. But can you? Imagine? <laughs> my my can white you? whale is still a life sized statue that they had in the store of the Grand Inquisitor that's like six feet tall and it's like a $2,000 statue and I'm like I just that's my white whale item that I want to own one day so no it's not I I can't imagine because we all have our white whale items that we'll never ever ever own but $92,000 for a Kenra figure yeah Those Kenner things are cool. I, my, my, a buddy of mine's mom had like the original, has an original Kenner figure with the boxes and everything. And she's just like, if I die, this is my son's inheritance. And I was like, yeah, I understand why. These are so cool. Like to have them with the boxes too. 
She even has like the empty okay. boxes that they I got actually, later. Wait, wait, wow. I got it wrong. It wasn't for droids. It was just in general for $92,000 a, a Boba Fett. Is it the rocket launcher? Is that um, why? It came I out just, in 1979. So that had to be the holiday special one. That's the, that's the rocket launching Boba Fett. Yes, it's a rocket. Okay. But the reason they mentioned this in the Wikipedia was because the Vix um, action figure was the most valuable Star Wars toy for a while. It was like $6,000 was how much it went for. Until Which this one? rare Boba Fett went for 92000 Which one was the most until Boba Fett? Vix, Vex, Vlex. One of Tig's henchmen. Oh. Was so rare. Oh, huh. Oh, it was, that was considered the most valuable one for a while until this until Boba, Boba Fett, Fett one with up. the rocket. $92,000. That was a cereal toy, I thought, or something like that. <sighs> oh. I just wanted to say one more thing. The intro is awesome. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. The song is a bop. About that. It's so the good. I am <laughs> just. It's performed by um, what's the, the police, name? I think. Police. No, he's from the police. Hang on, what's his name? Isn't it Stuart Copeland from the police performs yeah. the song. This is a no skip intro. It's I'm I'm just waiting for like that whole like what cheesy thing where like C3PO just like turns to the camera and just like smiles, just like, oh, there you are. Like it's that kind of intro. And it's so good. I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet. That's the one downside about watching it on YouTube is like it has the intro right at the beginning and then you don't see it again for the another five hours. So I, I went back and I looked it up because I was like, I want to watch it again. So good. It's such a good. So it's, I think for me in terms of like the Nalvanas, it's this and then the season one of Ewoks intro and then the season two Ewoks intro because they're different. But I will say this makes me interested to watch Ewoks. Um, I just recently watched the live action Ewoks movie and now this, and I'm like, I'm ready to jump into that cartoon now. So Get watch it, and then we can talk about that. my faves, Tebow and Master Logre. Okay. Oh, Logre! Yeah. I just like yeah. the way he talks. <laughs> I don't know. He's, um, he's, I believe he's in the, the live action Ewoks movie, I think. Yes. I'm still not over the first 10 minutes of freaking battle for indoor where it's just like remember all the characters that had really good development they're dead now they died it was different <laughs> i was i was not prepared i was like yay mace is back oh no mace is not back no he is not he did it's Damn, such a good character but candace in the first five minutes it's, it's the first wow. like, like five ten okay. minutes of just yeah, i didn't watch that one because my mic was no my computer was Your broken computer at broke. that time watch it yeah it's only because like you saw the first one, right? Yeah, I saw the first one. I had Yeah, no so they're all reunited with the family at the end. And like, spoilers, but you know, this came out in the 80s. Um, so in the first five minutes, you've got Sindel who's like looking for her family and she's got like their life signs on her little bracelet. Yeah. And then she finds her brother and her mother in the village and they're like, Sindel, go, run. No, and then she, she like turns father. and then there's this explosion and their life signs disappear. So they just kill Mace and the mother like right away. And then you're like, okay, it's going to be about her and her father, like, patching it up and trying to move on. And then she goes and finds no. her dad. And he gets gutted by a raider all, like, five minutes in. And, you're and like, he gives this, like, very happening? emotional speech of just, like... As he's you know, dying? Yeah, like, yeah. not as he's dying, but he's like, remember the story I used to tell you about the bird that had to go fly on her own? And she was like, yeah, daddy! He's like, I need you to go be that bird. Run! Run, Sindel! And she runs away. And then you see, like, the 
Raiders shoot him, and all you see is his hand just slide down the tree and out of the frame. And I'm like, oh my god! And so it's not like they couldn't get the actors back. Damn. No, they just wanted to totally. They wanted to. Children. No, no, they, on purpose. They wanted it to be like Heidi in Star Wars. So they mm-hmm. got rid of the family and sent Sindel and Wicket off into the forest where they like, find some like grumpy old man and his monkey friend living in a, it's not really a monkey, but like living in, in a house in the woods. And then they become friends. And then in the end, like Sindel and the old man like leave to go back to civilization. There's like a body count in this one too, it's, man. It's and the, so strange. Okay, and, so if and, you want to watch something with the kids, watch droids instead. I mean, well, this is like 80s kids movies. So like a PG, like Gremlins is PG. Like this is 80s kids. But like the old man is Wilfred Brimley. So, you know, the whole like diabetes guy. And I, I this movie made me realize that it's a shame that Wilfred Brimley never once played Santa Claus because he would have been the perfect Santa Claus. I said old man in the woods. I almost said an old toy maker in the woods until I realized that's babes in Toyland. That's not this. So yeah. My head just went somewhere else. There's also a night sister in this movie. It's a whole thing, so I highly recommend. That I, yeah, it. dude, the like the the witch in this movie was so good, and she was like such a like a gray character too. And I was, and they they shaft her at the end, and I was like, whoa, this is not where I thought that this. I enjoyed Battle for Endor more than I enjoyed Tross, and I was like, I will watch this over and over before I will watch Tross again. Okay, it was so I'm, good. It's not. It's not hard to do. So okay. <laughs> With that in mind, after that whole tangent, Hope, can you tell the listeners where they can find you online? Uh, you can find me at the Geeky Waffle. I write with these two lovely ladies over there. Um, you can also find me at Hope Molinex on Twitter. You can uh, and what where, what else do I do? Oh, I also talk on J Guys and Jedi, uh, which is my Star Wars podcast, where uh, we actually just finished our commentaries, where we watched the two Ewok movies and Willow for the first time. We 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 dubbed it Warwick Davis Month, and we realized that we should have saved Willow, Willow for last because it had a natural progression through Ewoks to Willow. Willow is great too, man. I I'm very I watched it for the first time. I'm super excited for the TV show. As for us, you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin, and that's where you can get all the Space Waffles updates as well. You can find Candace on Twitter at Candace is a Geek. Um, jointly, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are at The Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Geeky Waffle. And that's where you can find things like our Waffles After Dark and our Discord server. And you can check out everything, all of our writing, all of our shows, everything like that at thegeekywaffle.com. So... Didn't you say at the beginning this is the last episode of the year? Uh, it is. It is the last regular episode of the year. So, so thank you yeah, everyone so for if you have been listening us. this year. Thank you so so much for joining us on this new venture. We're very excited for 2022. It's going to be partly episodes like this, partly what used to be our TV recap live streams now in podcast format. So we hope you will stick around and check those out. So. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you all so much for listening. R2D2 deserves better and may the waffles be with you. Bye.